can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here. Welcome back to Monday's Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast. What a way to start an episode. Uh, responding there to a comment by Lee. G'day Lee, how are you doing? Very well, Peter. Yeah, it caught us on the fly there. Oh yeah. And Shane, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Getting there. Getting over the flu, finally. Yep. Yep. Over the break, went down very, very crook. Um, yeah, not bad case of the flu. The body's telling you something. The body's telling you something. Tell, here, yeah. Telling me I'm not 21 anymore. <laughs> I think it, it, it happens all the time. Like it used to happen to me. The moment you slow down, the moment I think your body, your subconscious knows that you're about to get a break. Um, guaranteed you hit hard with some illness and it just lays you low. And I remember one day my mum saying, you have to be really careful what you wish for because you put it out to the universe there that you wish for a break, that you wish for um, a rest. And you have to actually tell the universe that you don't want that rest to be on your couch with the flu. You want it to be in Fiji under a tree um, because you'll be amazed at what the universe will actually bring you. And believe me, one day I actually wished that, or not wished, but in my subconscious I was praying for a break, that things would slow down, that I wouldn't have to do everything, that I was sick of doing everything for everyone. Mind you, I'm the mother of three boys, so count my husband, that's four, um, and running a business. And what happened next? I fell in a hole, broke my ankle, was laid up for six weeks. Oh, wow. So you have to be really careful what you put out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a big rest. Mm -hmm. Fine. Yeah. But you're both recovering now, the two of you? Yeah. Very easy day, first day back yesterday for me. Uh, today's a bit more more of a full day, but um, I'll, uh, I'll get there. But what happened was I was uh, coming down with uh, the flu. I could feel the early symptoms. But then one day I did did a few jobs. And the first one was just a chemistry check. Now, the tenant on this, uh, at this property had allowed the water level in the pool to go down so far that the pump stopped. And we think that was a few days before his regular service. Because when my guy got out there the day before, water level was low. Water was already starting to look pretty manky. So he just got them to top it up. I went out there the following morning. And what happened? Normally, when I'm outside, I'm always wearing sunglasses. Uh, I, I'm not outside without them on. But in this case, to start the pump up, the way the sun was hitting the display on the chlorinator, I couldn't read what it said. So I took my glasses of sunglasses off, uh, started it up, 
and there was a tiny little leak in one of the unions on the filter, and a spray of water shot up and got me straight in the left eye. And later that day, I was starting to feel slow and sluggish, and by the end of it, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this last job. But I managed, got back in the truck, looked in the rearview mirror, and my eye was bright red. It was starting to feel really irritated. I got conjunctivitis. I got an eye infection, I believe, from that manky water that was cloudy with signs of algae starting in it. Uh, That got in my eye, and eye infection. And over the next couple of days, obviously, I'd, I don't know, inadvertently rubbed my eyes or something, and it migrated to the right eye as well. So uh, not recommended. And that's a good segue into our topic of PPE, personal protective equipment. Do you like that one? Smooth, if I may say so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Artistic there, Peter. Poetry in motion. Um, yeah, so sunglasses, the sunglasses I wear, because they're prescription, they can't be the, the full wraparound, but they're the biggest lenses I could find just about. So they provide maximum coverage of the eyes. And we all think of, you know, chemical splashing as you're pouring them into a bucket or into a pool or whatnot. You think of that getting in your eye. But I'd never really paid much consideration to potential bacterial or viral infection from a bit of water squirting out of a filter. So, folks, wear your sunglasses. Well, isn't actually um, like spray water spray um, or moist air, basically, like um, aspirated water, um, is can actually be a source of Legionnaires? It can in certain cases, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a big problem with um, a big concern with uh, water splash parks and that because of the aspiration of the the water from the the fountains and that. Can't say I know a lot about it, but it is something I have heard about. Hmm. Yeah, I hear about Legionnaires more from the air conditioning industry where you get these, Hmm. uh, I believe, particularly evaporative air conditioners uh, that can host it and they're a major problem. Yep, absolutely. And they don't have chlorine running through them to kill them off. Aren't we lucky? <laughs> oh, we get all the fun chemicals. In the water side of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing with sunglasses, I was speaking with my optometrist last time I was there, and I've got a little what he called a sunspot in my eye. And he said, oh, you need to wear sunglasses whenever you're outside. I said, well, always do. And he says, oh. You spend too much time outside then if you've got that while wearing sunglasses. I said, yeah, I spend too much time outside. Uh, it's, it's why one thing, my wife a few times early on, uh, you know, years ago, she would say, oh, this weekend, let's go out and get some fresh air and sunshine. It's like, no, this is my day out of fresh air and sunshine. It's my day off. <laughs> sunshine be damned. Being a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys would know, Lee, definitely. I'm not sure if it's a thing in New Zealand, but here we have the Cancer Council, which since 1981 has had their Slip Slop Slap campaign. And you're familiar with that? And now they've amended that to Slip Slop Slap Seek Slide because they've always got to add things to it. So originally Slip Slop Slap is slip on a shirt, 
slop on sunscreen and slap on a hat. So basically sun protection. The seek that they've added is seek shade. Not always possible for us. And slide, slide on some sunglasses. So that's a big aspect of PPE. It's not directly related to anything we're handling, but it's just the environment we're in, uh, especially in a climate like ours. Uh, here we get pretty damn hot summers. You know, blue skies quite often, a bit cloudy today. But, you know, if you've got a week where it's around 40 Celsius, 104 Fahrenheit, and it's full sunshine, you're going to get cooked out there. So that's something that we need to be aware of with PPE. So um, sunglasses are just a... Uh, I think it's the same in Australia as, as New Zealand as well. Like the UV index is extremely high over there. Yeah. So um, it is it is pretty dangerous. There's um, yeah, very high cases in, in, in New Zealand of melanoma cancer as well so whether that's the same in australia i'm not too sure and obviously it's important for us to protect us ourselves but it's really important that we do everything we can to protect our staff yeah um and look i'm sure the u.s listeners would love to call us the nanny state um we, but we have to make sure that um legally and morally we're doing ethically we're doing everything to to protect um our staff and look after them. So um, a big thing is providing staff with hats, sunglasses, um, uh, sunscreen, of course, making sure that they have plenty of water. Um, mm. I always made sure that I had bottles of water in their fridge at work that the staff could take extra ones of. Always reminded them on a hot day, hey, have you filled your drink bottle? And obviously they could fill it from a tap anywhere around. But, um, yeah, and always made sure that there was a, um, a new um, container of sunscreen in the car every year um, and constantly offering them hats or sunglasses or whatever. And I would always say to my staff, if you need something that you're going to use for work, if it's a hat, if it's sunscreen, if it's sunglasses, go and buy it. Mind you, I'm not going to pay you back a $200, $300 pair of sunglasses. No. <laughs> but if you want to buy a pair of sunglasses that are a safety pair of sunglasses for you to work during work and it's within a reasonable price, then I am more than happy to uh, uh, repay you for whatever you spend. Bring me a receipt. I'll cover it. Um but they can also claim um, sunglasses as a as a, um, a tax deduction. Yes. So, um, well worth well worth doing. But it's it's really important that we encourage them in every way, shape, or form to look after their own physical um, and also mental well being. But PPE gear comes under that physical well being. So, yeah. And I know Shane, you're out there by yourself. So you're only responsible mm. for you. <laughs> so um, obviously we all are keen to look after ourselves, but Peter, you've got staff. Mm -hmm. How do you find you, PPE gear and staff? Generally not a problem. I mean, okay, sunglasses, mm -hmm. most people have them. If not, yes, I'll help them get it. Where it gets complicated if they, like me, have to have prescription glasses because I'm a blind as a bat without them and then there's a pair of prescription safety rated glasses with polarization it's got to be polarized you can see underwater so much more clearly that can start getting into the hundreds of dollars so that's something we have a chat about you can 
those you can get those simple over glasses that are um, true polarized uh, polarized and they are safety glasses and they go over top of your spectacles so that's something that's worth looking at for staff that the last that, time I saw those tinted sunglasses underneath them <laughs> yeah the last yeah. time I saw those would have been in some dodgy film from the 70s with some geek wearing them. Yeah, flip up, flip down. It's like Homer I Simpson. See them in, I see them in the hard – no, no, I see them in the hardware shop. They actually go over top of your glasses. So they're actually yeah, like okay. a bigger set of glasses. <laughs> so you might not those. be seeing them as what they truly are. Yeah, they go – they actually slip on, over the top of your sun, of your normal spectacles and they look like glasses in themselves. They're just larger and they're made to go over your spectacles. So, yeah, hmm. keep an eye out on them. I will. Um but, yeah, like um, what PPE gear do you guys keep in your truck? All right. Um, yeah, sunglasses, hats. We buy branded hats um, with our logo on it. It looks professional. Look, at any time they can go past most of the suppliers and, you know, get a free hat. Suppliers want you to wear a hat with well, – I don't have any here, but uh, in the truck I've got them from – you know, about three different suppliers I've got. Uh, shirts, short sleeve or long sleeve. Sorry, this is really distracting. Lee's video is about a minute behind behind her talking. So we can see her here now, <laughs> waving her hands around her head, expressing something. Uh, I think it's back to the glasses. I'm there. not talking to you, Peter, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, just really weird. Um, so yeah, shirts, long sleeve or short sleeve. Um, we always use the polos that are very breathing. So even on a hot day, you don't get hot in them, uh, within reason. Uh, what else we got? Um, sunscreen. Yeah. Always provide sunscreen. Don't know how often anyone actually puts the stuff on, but it's there. Then other stuff uh, for certain jobs, namely handling chemicals, which we'll look at in a lot more detail uh, probably next week, I think. Um, for handling chemicals, gloves, uh, very, very important with especially a lot of chemicals. If I've got a one litre, that's about a quart bottle of a chemical and I take the lid off and pour it in, that's normally not such a concern. When you start mixing or not mixing, when you start you know, dissolving certain chemicals in water, when uh, I mentioned before, I'm not a fan of dry acid because if the dust off it blows onto your skin, you get perspiration, it forms liquid acid on your skin and can feel quite irritating. So things like that, yeah, I definitely bring out the PVC gloves. Uh, another thing for gloves is when you're emptying a skimmer basket. I had one technician once put her hand into a skimmer basket to empty it out and something stabbed her between the finger and the fingernail. And she sent me a photo with blood streaming everywhere. No idea what it was. But remember, this is Australia. As they say, everything here is trying to kill you. So, well, I've seen spiders, I've seen scorpions, I've seen snakes in skimmer baskets. Yeah, damn right, if I need to stick my hand in there, I'm going to stick a PVC glove on. It's, it's just good sense. Also, look yep. in the basket before you stick your hand in, glove or not. 
uh, you really don't want to find some little bitey thing or some big bitey thing in there trying to have a go at you. Um, breathing protection. Face masks. Now, respirators, if you look at the pull operations course manual for commercial pools in my state, it tells you should wear a full respirator for handling pretty much any chemical at all. Uh, I've never seen anybody do that. But, yeah, a P2 rated dust mask, that will stop most things that we're going to need to stop. Uh, that also goes when you're dealing with anything releasing silicates. So media changes in filters. If ever you've poured uh, sand media or glass media into a filter, you know the amount of dust that comes out, and you don't want to be breathing that. Uh, the silicates are the reason why synthetic stone bench tops are now being discontinued from sale over here because of the breathing risk for those operating, uh, those machining it and cutting it and so forth. It, it so is, it's a different form of silica, though, isn't it? Like the I don't know the technicals of that, but my understanding is it's a little different between I, sand and the quartz and. I believe it is. But I think it's well worth wearing at least a P2 mask. Oh, look, absolutely. Caution. While doing that. Caution. Best practice. It's, e it's easy to do. Just put a mask on. Yeah. Um, another thing on that. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. Another thing on that. Asbestos was made illegal here many years ago. But you still see a lot of asbestos fences. Some sheds are made of asbestos still. And I've had customers say to me, oh, you need asbestos to mount this chlorinator. Sorry? Asbestos vinyl-lined pools. So the vinyl-lined wow. pools, the shell was actually asbestos That's sheeting. going back away. I've forgotten yep. about those. Um, mm. So, yeah, and you need full PPE and special certification to be able to remove asbestos or, or do anything with it. But I've had customers say, oh, just mount the chlorinator to the wall of the shed. Well, that's asbestos. I'm not drilling into that. Just not going to touch it. My father had asbestosis. Mm. Not not a pleasant thing. He was a builder from mm. uh, before he got into the pool industry. He was a builder in his youth, back when asbestos was everywhere and mm. back before the health risks of it were understood. Mm. So things like that, it's, it's a matter of wearing the PPE, but also some jobs just aren't worth doing. Like drilling into asbestos, a it's illegal, no, and b it's a risk, huge risk. Yep, completely. So we deck our vehicles out with all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like I know from a service perspective, with our service team, uh, every vehicle had a um, breathing mask in it, a set of gloves, um, safety glasses, um, sunscreen. They were all given hats all of those sort of things. Mm. But the question is, do they use them? Yeah. And we can't enforce it if we're not there. Most of these guys are out there by themselves all day, every day. Um, we can give it to them, but how do we actually make sure that they're using them? Because in Australia, as the US, like I said, might like to call us the nanny state. I don't know what the rules are like over there. But we do, like, 
we have an obligation to ensure the safety of our staff and that they return safely home each day is is another one that's really mm. obviously vitally important. Um, we want to look after our team, but we give we can give them all the tools. Like we can lead a horse to water, but we can't make a drink. Yeah. But we have a legal obligation to prove that we've done all of that. Um, if they go out on site and they choose not to wear that night respirator or they choose not to wear that um, those gla- glasses and they get hurt, how uh, like we need to make sure that we've done everything in our um, power um, to 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 equip them for their safety. And part of that is actually getting them to um, or giving them the training. So have we given them the tools? Tick. It's in their vehicle. Have we told them how to use it? Tick. It's in our annual work safety um, run through. Um, And thirdly, do we remind them regularly? Is their signage up? Is it something that's mentioned at regular meetings? Is it something that's mentioned in passing? Those things need to be documented as well because if something happens and work cover are brought in to investigate the injury um, of a staff member, it's our on our obligation to prove that we have done everything in, within our power to provide a safe working environment and to adhere, get the our employees to adhere to it. Obviously, we can't we can't watch them every minute of every day. And I'm sure they don't want us running around like their mother behind them saying, put your hat on, put your sunglasses on, have you got your sunscreen? Um, sounding like the mother, I have done that for years. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's they don't want that. We don't want that. But we have to prove that we have actually done that. So it's not easy. So, Shane, this is something else to add to your future mm. employees tick list. The list. <laughs> <clears throat> the book is getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. by the day. Yep. And obviously, look, every state is going to be slightly different in their requirements. I, I'm, I think all of us have our own individual states in Australia that have their own work cover rules or work cover coverage, but they're fundamentally, I think, going to be pretty much the, the same. And so have you given them the tools? Have you educated them on how to use them? And do you remind them regularly to use it? So... If you're doing those three things, while I'm not saying that this is the letter of the law by any means, um, it is a long way towards doing the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah. A couple other things as well I'd like to add. So in the van, we, what say we, but myself, um, carry SDS sheets. Absolutely. That's more of all the, uh, the chemicals that we've got on the back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. So, um, yeah, we've got a big fat folder, water chemicals involved. Um, and another thing as well, I've, I've actually got a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. in the van as well. Is that something that you carry yourself, Peter? Yeah, I've got a big one on the back of the truck. Mm. It's amazing the amount of um, guys on the road that I've seen um, that do not carry a fire extinguisher. And it has to be correctly so, rated. So it has to be for chemicals. Yeah. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, do you carry a spill kit, Shane? Um, I don't, actually. That's something that I haven't got. Yep. All our vehicles had spill kits um, 
retail yeah. premises spill kit, even our warehouse mm-hmm. had a spill kit, um, and obviously bunding. But we'll get into that um, more so next week with this, when we'll cover the sta- storage and handling of dangerous goods. Isn't that riveting? Um, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> but... But the spill kit's one of those things, like a fire extinguisher, but, uh, like all those things. Yeah, I've got one. Never had to use it. It's been sitting in the various vehicles for five years since I started this business. But it's one of those things, you don't need it until you do. And that's an important thing. Just like a first that's aid exactly kit. right. Just like a yep. first aid kit. Yep. So all so all, all vehicles should have exactly what you're saying, Shane, a um, SDS sheets. Absolutely. Um, a fire extinguisher. I would even go as far as saying a fire blanket um, if if you feel so inclined, Um, but definitely fire extinguisher. First aid kit is a definite and a spill kit. And the spill kits come in portable bags. Like they they are a a bit bulky um, and they are governed depending on the quantities that you're carrying. So um, the biggest, let's say the biggest liquid, my guys would carry is a 15-litre of liquid chlorine or a 15-litre of liquid acid um, in their vehicles. So that spill kit was chosen to um, be able to handle a spillage of a 15-litre container. Mm. Um, And so depending on the quantities that you're dealing with, those spill kits are rated at different levels. You can get them really anywhere. There's lots of um, safety places that have um, these sort of products available Mm. to them um yeah some of them are industry companies have them as part of their stock other to other times you just go to someone like uh, i think we used a company called spill station um and that's what they specialized in was um uh, safety gear for chemical places so yeah but in any industrial area you'll find over here anyway you'll find at least one company that just specializes in selling general industrial supplies so they've got their traffic cones they've got their spill kits they've got their fire extinguishers they've got their their wellington boots um boots is another one who wears steel cap do, boots? do you sorry sorry do you do, do you call them wellington boots over there <laughs> yeah wellington boots gum boots no they're auckland they're <laughs> auckland boots <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think of that <laughs> Wellington boots, gum boots. Jeez, that's good. Sorry. It's going to say that's going back to Paddington Bear, isn't it, Peter? I'm showing my age. Bear what can and I his say? Wellington boots. And his wellies. The wellies. <laughs> um, but yeah, how many people do you know who wear sneakers or, or soft shoes doing our job? I had to for a while after I'd broken my foot because I couldn't physically pull on a pair of steel caps, but now definitely steel cap boots. All it takes is dropping something on your foot and you can be off the tools for days, weeks, months. I think it depends on what you're actually doing. Uh, uh, Like if you're a maintenance technician that's obviously carrying heavy stuff, then obviously um wearing steel caps is definitely advisable uh when my guys do solar heating systems they actually wear dunlop volleys on yes. the roof so um because they're a really grippy flexible shoe um that makes it easy for you to 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 stand on the roof with with less slippage um 
And then we open a whole new PPE gear for, for working at heights, don't we? Oh, yeah. um, but we won't go there because that's far too complicated. Um, but, yeah, so I think it depends on the uh, on the shoes for um, different jobs. And I think if you're just doing mm. full servicing, um, and by that I mean vacuuming and, and um, basic chemicals, then probably... I wouldn't think having something like sneakers is probably not too bad. Um, I Ever drop twenty liter drum of chlorine on your foot? <laughs> no, no, I haven't dropped. No, but twenty liters is a pretty big. How's the OHS and OH and S on handling something of that volume? It's I don't know that you can still legally lift that, can you? Yeah, a lot of suppliers are now shifting down to 15 kilos, uh, sorry, 15 litres, uh, because, mm. frankly, that many of us in the industry have been in that long and getting that old that our backs are starting to give up. Uh, but I try Every only to Every year they use... get heavier. Sorry? <laughs> Every year they get heavier. Oh, they do, yeah. Um, so to put it into perspective, let me... Work that out. So 15 litres, call it 15 kilos. That's actually, I can do that on um, volume. 15 litres is just shy of 15 litres is actually gallons. heavier. But 15 litres is actually heavier than 15 kilos. It is a bit, yeah. But uh, it's uh, US gallons mm. just under four. Mm. Uh, but you drop that on your foot. You're going to feel it, and it could cause injury. So, yeah, I, I tell my staff, I don't yes. want you to wear sneakers. Definitely not something stupid like Crocs, uh, which I've seen people wearing. That's just an <laughs> abomination. If you want to look professional, don't be it, wearing Crocs, people. A, I think it, is it Andrea that wears Crocs? Oh, possibly, but that's – wearing Crocs? <laughs> no. They look. They they've got the holes in, so it's they allow things to escape, like you know, moisture and smell and Water. dignity and all of those things. But um, no, nah, you <laughs> won't see. Just me. don't wear. Just don't wear socks with them. <laughs> that, that's really crossing the line. That's the line's way back there when you put the Crocs on to start. With. <laughs> we might be making ourselves really popular with the American listeners. Here. Oh, maybe. Uh, they're, they're just not a thing here. They're just people wear them, but everyone just looks at them and snickers at them. Oh, look, the good the good old Australian safety boots of a pair of thongs. Well, what are we? What are they called? Okay, flip-flops? just to clarify, in the US they are called flip flops. <laughs> in New Zealand, they are jandals. Yes, yes the Australians Jandle. don't wear thongs on their feet. That would be a little bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> we wear them somewhere um, else. Well. Uh, <laughs> there's a mental image that's not going away anytime soon, yeah. isn't it? Hey, eh? pleased to be of service. Uh, yeah. And Lee's train of thoughts just left the yeah, station. Everything, ha- everything, everything can have a second meaning in Australia, can't it? Oh yeah. Thongs are on your feet, or thongs are on your backside. Um, like. <laughs> The only time a thong's ever got me in my backside is when my father hit me with a thong as, I ki- as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. But anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, 
That digressed really fast. Didn't it? <laughs> that was cool. I like that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So back to PPE. Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah. Australian safety boots. Make sure you've Flip got it. Double pluggers. <laughs> Make sure you've got them. Make sure you give your staff the tools you, they, they need to do their jobs safely. Um, yeah. So what have we ca- we've talked about? We've talked about safety eyewear. We've talked about respirators or, or masks, gloves. Uh, you can get some really good gloves that come right up to your elbow that are chemical rated. Yeah. Um, then we've got, well, do you think we need to worry about ears? Like we don't really have that need, I don't think, in our line of work to think about um, protecting our ears. Well, in pool service, I mean, if you're having to cut something with a hole saw or a core drill or something, oh, then, true. yeah, that can come into play. Uh, if you need to grind fiberglass, yeah. cut concrete, definitely. Uh, for normally servicing a pool, mm-hmm. if it's that loud, I'd be mm-hmm. checking that equipment because that's just not meant to happen. <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it's that loud, the pump badly needs a repair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so goggles, so we've gone, or gog- safety goggles, we've gone respirator masks, we've gone gloves. We've talked about our lovely safety footwear, um, our sunscreen hats, um, sunglasses, um, safety kits in the in the vehicles, as in spill kit, mm-hmm. um, fire extinguisher, SDF sheets. Have we covered everything? Until we go full full depth into chemical storage and handling, that's that I'd say is most of it. So make yourself a list, folks. Tick it off. Make sure you're equipping your staff. Hmm. And, yes, America, we are the nanny state. Yeah. <laughs> too much, uh, I think that's a response to too much history over here of people saying she'll be right. Just going ahead, doing something and taking no. I think we'd be more. Re- Sorry? Yeah. You'd think we'd be more relaxed. You'd think we'd be more relaxed. But uh, I think it comes down to, to common sense. And as uh, a wise man once said, common sense isn't so common anymore. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, everything is micromanaged. Yes. But this is a good reason to be micromanaged. Personal safety is important. Personal protection equipment is important. So we shouldn't minimise that. We have to protect our staff and and ourselves. Yeah, 100%. We all want to get home at the end of the day uh, and relax and put our feet up, not end up having to go to GPs or hospital or A&E or whatever it is. Um, And also, looking at the long term, uh, we don't want to absolutely, you know, like I said earlier, we don't want to screw up our backs in the long term and get to, you know, middle age or retirement age. Uh, unable to move. Yeah. Or have lung diseases or yeah. eye problems or anything like that. So, Or melanomas, like let's face it, there's probably a lot of people in our industry, particularly in Australia, mm. that have succumbed to the um, awful melanoma. 
So um, it's certainly something we want to protect um, ourselves and our staff from. So And easy to do. One of easy my customers is a surgeon and basically he removes melanomas from people. That's what he does. He's a skin cancer mm-hmm. specialist. And I was saying to him, is it as common as, as they say? And he said, no, it's a lot more common than people say. Um, it's just mm-hmm. everywhere here. Even our dogs get it. Yeah, and they've got a layer of fur to protect mm. them from the sun. Yep. Except uh-huh. those funny little Mexican Very things, which I've never been able to figure out. <laughs> Mexican things? Yeah, it's a little Mexican hairless dog. I forget what they call it. Um, oh. There's a cat. Chihuahua? Oh, I think it's a bit different to Chihuahua. There's also a type of cat that um, has no hair, and they're... Oh, oh, I think they're kind of cool, but yeah. suggested to the wife and kids once we get one, and the look they gave me was just cre- what? I reckon they're creepy looking. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. We have a cat. I'm allergic well, to it. I... It has hair. <laughs> Why? Is your family trying to tell you something, Peter? I think so. <laughs> got a phone call one day. Oh, I got a kitten. It's me or the right. cat. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was a really lovely topic to start the year off on, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It's a bit of a roller coaster but on that one. After your all, we're looking after we're looking after all your best interests. So let's start the year on the good foot of looking after ourselves. Absolutely. I think that'll do for today. Thank you both so much. Listeners out there, thank you for listening again, as always. Uh, And again, as always, please send in your questions, topics you'd like us to discuss, talkingpools at gmail.com, where Rudy will get them and assign them to the most appropriate host for the topic. Um, You guys have a fantastic week. You too. We'll see you next week. Yeah, you too. Yeah. See you then. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 